1 Corinthians 8. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so, by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. Thus, sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, If food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. All right, so we're moving on to another hot button issue in the church of Corinth, which is food offered to idols. And so this is kind of the first thing in the book that, you know, we, we have to do a little more biblical gymnastics to see how does this speak into our, um, cultural moment Mm -hmm. and our, you know, lives as Christians in America. So he's talking about a lot about the conscience. He's talking a lot about knowledge and lack of knowledge. And um, it, it's really interesting. So Jennifer um, and, and Jackson, what do y'all make of this and how it applies to us today? Well, um, like you said, this on first blush doesn't seem immediately uh, relevant to us. And yet I think it's it is very relevant when you start really thinking about it because it's basically talking about our rights and our mm-hmm, freedoms right. and our liberties and what we are actually free from and what we're free to do in Christ and w- what all of that really means and I think that actually is a a real hot button issue for us because mm. we live in a cultural um moment and a place, the the United States of America, where individualized freedom is the ultimate. I mean, that's yeah. basically how we think of everything is in terms of our self-expression, our self-actualization, sure. our individualized freedoms. It's mm-hmm. just, it's how it's we've been the raised. cultural idol. Problem. That's right. That's right. And this, the air that we have breathed right. as, you know, Americans. And, so, and, and enjoyed some great things as a result of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's a lot of good things about that. But uh, when we are wrestling with God and how to live our mm-hmm. Christian life, we got to make sure we're influenced by his truth and not just by our culture. Amen. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It, it's it's uh, a passage that I guess I, I'm very oriented and helped by the first couple of verses. Um, so concerning food offered to idols, uh, we all know... Um, we know that all of us possess knowledge. And I think he's being facetious there. He's, he's being sarcastic and, 
And he's essentially saying like, hey, Corinthian church, you think you know a lot, but mm-hmm. you really haven't arrived at the sort of knowledge that you think you have. And, yeah. and he warns this knowledge that you think you have, it puffs up, mm-hmm. but love builds up. And if anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to, but if anyone loves God, he is known by God. And, and so I think you see this a lot in First Corinthians, but it seems to me that the Corinthians, they overestimate their spirituality, their maturity, their mm-hmm. knowledge. And they often try to use their knowledge to stamp other people down, sure. to make use of their liberty to live in a licentious way. And what Paul over and over again comes in and says, what we want to be controlled by is not license. It's not freedom to go and do whatever we want. Now we've been freed from sin to love. Mm-hmm. And, and so this controlling idea of love is what I think is supposed to um, land on us. And then we start to think in terms of rights and um, what we can or can't do, yeah. or what we're free to do. And, and all that kind of, fades into the background if we're being controlled by love because what we can do is beside the point yeah what we have a right to do is beside the point what we're controlled by is love and mm. so uh we want to be the sort of people who are going to say i'm man if i need to lay down my rights if i need to to suffer if i need to struggle i will do so because i want to love as my savior has loved me and and i want to lavish love on others mm-hmm. and, and and so i think um you know, we, we kind of see something of what not only we've been saved from in this passage, but what we've been saved to. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we haven't been saved from a sort of slavery and saved to freedom to do whatever we've wanted, whatever we want. We've been saved from a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sin, death, slavery, uh, bond. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, purposelessness. I mean, you could go on and on and on. But we've been saved to life in Christ, which involves being controlled by the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we also like we uh, we don't have the right view of sin, like what you were saying that our serving ourselves, our being at the center of all our decisions and our desire, that actually is a slavery that only leads to death. Like, yeah, I'm a terrible taskmaster. I'm a terrible slave <laughs> master, and of course, the enemy is and culture and all the things that aren't God. Um, And so in many ways, even in just this, like we are freed from ourselves, like we're free to choose to lay down myself, like you said, to, Mm -hmm. to die to myself to, um, and to love others, that that is the true freedom. But we just, it's so hard to see because we think freedom is serving ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's actually your natural bent. That's your natural state of sin. You know, I mean, where this passage where the rubber really meets the road and where it often gets used in our context is in the context of alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, we we sort of see food being offered to idols and, uh, and alcohol in the same vein, although this is a whole other conversation. I actually think that 1 Corinthians 8 doesn't present food being offered to idols as neutral. I actually think that there's, that it's negative, but that's often how we read it. And, yeah. uh, and so, we say, okay, well, like the Bible doesn't prohibit alcohol. Instead, it even seems to present it as something that um, can be enjoyed to the glory of God. It mm-hmm. does prohibit drunkenness. It does prohibit, um, you know, relying on it or anything in an idolatrous manner. Sure. Mm-hmm. But um, we, we know that there are some people out there who really struggle with the idea of alcohol, whether they were raised in a 
a more kind of fundamentalist background and upbringing so that you know all alcohol consumption is evil uh, or maybe they have family history or they themselves would struggle with some sort of substance abuse and so mm -hmm. um, um, so so how are we who uh, we who possess uh, freedom in Christ to consume or not consume alcohol how do we engage that when there are people out there who might really struggle with the idea of alcohol so that, that's that's where it often gets brought up. And I think, um, you know, we'd be wise to really wrestle with the various contexts in which we consume alcohol, the the manner in which we consume alcohol, the way that we talk about alcohol, especially on social media. Mm. Um, there, there are a lot of principles here that I think really bear well in the conversation, but this is mm -hmm. often where you see 1 Corinthians 8 really being applied. Yeah, and, you know, to the that point, um, which I, I do think, you know, we would all agree that it applies far beyond just, you know, alcohol or, mm -hmm. or substance, but mm -hmm. also to like uh, the way I remember Dees and I, we did this passage by like a year ago and we talked a lot about how like dressing for church and, yeah. and manners of worship and stuff can be applied to this too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, specifically to the, the idea of like alcohol and, and substances that are sort of in, in that uh, culturally, uh, you know, vicey, controversial mm -hmm. realm. Mm -hmm. There, there is a, a distinction of, you know, what Paul is talking about here is people who, you know, their, their past is kind of stained by this like idol worship. And, and so I think it really especially speaks into people who struggle with, you know, certain things. And, and when we make light of them or, mm -hmm. or because we're so smart, we, you know, we, play down any danger or any you know issue there mm -hmm. and, and then it can actually like lead those people um into further bondage and, and so and i love that he frames all of this through um he, he is talking about by by your knowledge you know he's he's using that facetious sar sarcastic tone mm -hmm. by your knowledge this weak person is destroyed Right. The right. brother for whom Christ died. Yeah. Right. Whoa. Whoa. I there, know. There's the weight. Yeah. You know? uh -huh. Uh -huh. yeah. And, and so like, are you viewing other people as obstacles you have to navigate around or, or win to your point of view or change their mind? Or are you viewing them as Christ's treasured possession who he died right. for? Right. And if that is your view, then you're going to deal with these sorts of things in a very different manner. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of, um, why is why it's actually very profound and honestly hard to wrap our brains around this verse six where he he kind of roots all of this in the um, Christ being mm -hmm. God, you know, yeah. like in a mm -hmm. Trinitarian view yeah. of God and like what that means to us. That there's this like this internal deference and um, just other focusedness, I don't even know how to say, of the Trinity and love and mm -hmm. reverence for other that now isn't just like separate, like this thing about God that's true about God and maybe explains to us somewhat why Christ would even do what he did. It's actually true of us now in that we've been caught up in that by yeah. being in Christ. So now it's like that is the thing that um, really is knowing God and being known by God is that now our hearts also have this deference to others, mm -hmm. um, especially within the body of people who Christ, you know, died for. And, and we have this otherness and this, you know, just like we would do anything 
out of love mm-hmm. yeah. for the other because now we know ourselves, you know, have experienced that from Christ. But like that's now true of us or w- is being made true of us, I guess, as we walk and um, are made into the image of Christ. That's very, mm-hmm. that's very profound. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, a great encouragement and exhortation from First Corinthians 8 for Jennifer McClish and Jackson Randall. This is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.